0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Peace Production. I'm your host, Matt Adamson. On today's episode, the United States and Iran have engaged each other in what appears to be more than a momentary escalation of tensions. From the killing of Qasem Soleimani to the launching of missiles in a US base in Iraq, it is clear that the stakes between Iran and the US have grown higher. Joining me today to discuss the events of the past week and what they mean is social media correspondent, Seppa Katia. Hello, Seppa, and welcome to the show.
1: Hey Matt, thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Sepa, why don't you walk us through the events since January 3rd?
1: Yep. So on January 3rd this year, Iranian military commander General Qasem Soleimani was killed in a US airstrike near Baghdad airport. And this order, which was carried out by President Trump, um, occurred without the authorization of Congress. And it was under the assumption that Soleimani was plotting to kill U.S. personnel um, and also carry out attacks at the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. And um, prior to this event, um, the Iran and the U.S.'s relationship first began to deteriorate in May 2018 when Trump suddenly withdrew the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And then on December 27th last year, an American contractor was killed with um, several other US personnel who were badly injured at a Iraqi military base. Um, at the time, it wasn't clear who was responsible for this attack. But um, US officials later blamed Kataib Hezbollah, and Iraqi militia who had close ties with Iran. Um, two days after the attack, the U.S. launched defensive strikes um, targeting sites in Iraq and Syria, which belonged to Hezbollah. And then on December 31st, there was um, attacks at the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. Uh,
0: Really good how you touch on some of the, um, I guess, how post the 2018 um, rescinding of the nuclear deal, that the situation has really escalated. how, have, how has the situation evolved in Iran and Iraq since the assassination of Soleimani on the 3rd? Um, I, I noticed that we saw a retaliation by Iran by launching missiles at two Iraqi bases, housing U.S. troops. Um, what's sort of been the reaction to this that you've seen?
1: Um, there has been a lot of people who um, have not supported Trump's decision to carry out the attacks um but you also have um people who are supporting it saying that um Soleimani was supporting terrorists and and that they needed to get rid of him
0: yeah yeah you know and if you research Soleimani you see that he's quite an influential figure in the sense that he had influence quite outside of iran he was quite active in a lot of the movements and it's probably the reason that Um, his activity is probably the reason that Bashar al-Assad hung around for so long. Um, But if we look at some of the um, causes of this incident, both historical and contemporary, would you be able to walk us through a bit of those? Sort of how has this situation between the US and Iran come to bear?
1: Um, Yep. Um, So the US and Iran, they have been at odds since 1953 when the US supported the coup, which ousted Iran's Nationalist Prime Minister at the time, and having Shah Mohammed Pahlavi replace him because he was more accepting of the West. And then in 1979, we had the situation where 52 American diplomats were held hostage at the US Embassy in Tehran. And then uh, during the 1980s, uh, the US helped Saddam Hussein when he invaded Iran by providing him with arms, money, satellite intelligence, and a couple, a few other things. And um, over the years, the US began imposing sanctions on Iran and also became wary of them as sponsors of terrorism since 1984. Um, and fast forward a bit to 2018, Um, tensions worsened between the two parties in May um, 2018, like I previously said, when uh, President Trump uh, withdrew the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And um, in this nuclear deal, Iran agreed to limit its nuclear work in exchange for relief from economic sanctions from countries that were worried that it would make a nuclear bomb. Um, And then in May 2019, a US carrier was ordered by the White House to rush to the Persian Gulf. And soon after, there was an explosion from one of the mines near the Strait of Hormuz, which the US blamed on the Iranian mines targeting oil tankers. But um, Iran denied being involved in this incident. So those are probably some of the causes of um, this incident.
0: Yeah, and what you really touch on that's underlying a bit of what you say there is sort of the increased belligerence of the US under Trump because we saw for four successive regimes um, before him that the US government was not really prepared to go on and take on Iran because they realized the cost and they realized that the benefit is not particularly there at the time. But now we see a new president has been particularly aggressive and belligerent in that field and has really been able, well, he's really gone in there um, into a situation with really the U S interest is, is questionable at least. And has been able to go in there without really the support of his congressional partners. Um, if we look at some of the reaction from within Iran, we see that um, on Wednesday, Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei insisted that military action this way is not sufficient. Um, they really want to see the presence of America come to an end. Sepa, do you really see um, any prospect of that happening in the short medium term?
1: I probably wouldn't think so. Um, well, considering that... Um, the White House has passed a resolution on Thursday which will limit Trump's military actions against Iran. Um, I don't think that um, there would be some kind of military warfare involved, um, but I do think that there is a possibility of other forms of warfare, particularly nuclear or cyber warfare or even terrorist attacks.
0: Mm, yeah, it's quite interesting how you touch on the, t- the idea of there being terrorist attacks um in response to this because that's uh, has been alluded to in, in various speeches that I've seen um both in relation to this incident and in relation to other recent incidents that that's probably the most likely way that Iran would would plan any sort of um revenge here. But nevertheless these sorts of strikes would take time to play out. So whether there is some sort of retaliatory strike or assassination on a high-ranking U.S. officer would really take quite some detailed planning and opportunity to arise. Um, SEPA, so, how do you think the U.S. campaign of maximum pressure on Iran, you know, the sort of um, disintegration of diplomacy and relentless economic sanctions has really um, led, to, led to this situation becoming increasingly volatile? How do you think that sort of played its part?
1: Um, I think it's probably the US's strategy um, by using economic sanctions as a way to weaken the Iranian economy, and probably a strategy that they would try and use to be able to have more influence in the Middle Eastern region.
0: Yeah, I think that's right because there's an argument there. That there's really been a slow intensity war has been in progress between Iraq, between Iran and the US. Sorry for, for a few decades now, there's that argument there that exists, and that it's just really been waiting for a bit of kindling to really stoke the the fire that's been there. Um, I don't know what you make of that argument, but you know the US maintains a, a really strong forward deployment in North Africa and the Middle East. Um, mm. So that, you know, if anything were to play out any response would be quite swift. But I mean, from my perspective, the the only way that you can really reduce tensions and I think that's been alluded to in a press release that came out of Iran today was that de escalation needs to happen in the short term and there needs to be some sort of um dialogue. And I, um for my part I really see an active role for NATO to play here. Um What do you think would be the best way to bring parties to the table in in this situation?
1: I would say that um, a diplomatic solution is essential um, in this situation. And I do think that it's important that both parties just begin having a genuine and sincere dialogue on how they can move forward from this situation. But I also think that it's been further complicated when Trump announced on Saturday that he will be increasing sanctions on Iran. Um, I just think that it could worsen the situation. Um, And I think that both parties should avoid war at all costs, considering that there are other global or transnational issues that require urgent attention, um, particularly climate change. So, um, in an ideal situation, it would be great to see both parties just come together and have a genuine, sincere dialogue on how they can move forward from this situation.
0: Yeah, I agree in the sense that there are bigger issues and Iran really has its own internal problems that it should really be focusing on. Um, What we have seen uh, this weekend is that the Iranian government has admitted to the shooting down of the Ukrainian airliner that came down last week, um, and since then we've seen quite um, large scale protests actually of Iran um, against the government, um, yeah. which has been quite interesting to see. Um, President Rouhani of Iran came out on Sunday and um, explained that they've decided to have more consultations regarding the cooperation for the security of the, the regions. That's encouraging. Mm. Um, so, But if you look at this from a historic perspective, in the sense that you know Washington here has really been able to inflict greater pain than Iran has against it, but Tehran is really showing this great capacity to to absorb it. And really, um, if you examine how history has played out, and you know, without wanting to preempt how the U.S. will act here. There really needs to be a change of tact in the way in which they go about it, because the United States has not really figured out how to how to handle the militia and the commandos of the the Middle East. They need to be a bit more creative in terms of engaging the the regional partners. Here will really be um, quite quite important because diplomacy is going to be key because we could really quite easily see a revival of almost an Islamic revolution and, and and where these gaps of power exist, you open the door to groups like ISIS to really um take foot in in Iran and sort of grow their influence from Iraq and Syria and you sort of see this new battlefield being created where Russia will have an increased um increased pres- presence. Do you think that um that a new nuclear deal is Likely or is necessary given that Iran has um, mentioned that they would stop limiting the the use of centrifuges for the enrichment of uranium?
1: I would think that a new um, nuclear deal would probably be best in this situation um, where both parties can um, realign. realign the requirements or the things that need to be met um to maintain that um peace between one another if that makes sense
0: yeah that makes sense yep yep and for for context sorry i'm just conscious that we might have brushed over the war power resolutions but what that was was really um procedures for congress and the president to follow So there was sort of in the U.S. there's um, a law that states that presidents must consult in every possible instance before striking a foreign power. So it's relevant for if you consider the U.S. to be in a state of war with Iran, which has been really quite an interesting question um, to ponder over the past week or so. Um, Seba, I might ask ask that to you. Um, Do you think the U.S. and Iran are at war?
1: Based on what has been happening so far, um, I would probably say there is a war between the two parties, but it's probably at a low-intensity level. Um, We haven't really had anything dramatic or any um, deaths as the result of the attack besides um, General Soleimani's assassination. Um so I would probably describe it a war but at a low intensity level.
0: You know, you've really seen that that low intensity tension really. I I would describe it more mm-hmm. as a tension because you see you have you know, you have the US and you have all these different foreign troops that are based in the Middle East and in Iran. Um and it's been really quite interesting that, you know, there's this argument Amongst these um, allied countries, that the U.S. has really, it's lost its leadership position in the sense that it's gone and acted unilaterally here without um, consulting its allies, its NATO partners, and um, in, in its strategy towards Iran. Um, so, what you've really seen is the the EU countries and NATO really distance themselves from the U.S. in, in this regard, and it's been quite quite interesting to see which countries behave in which way, who's going to just going to toe the line, who's going to take a a stand of leadership here. Sipa, what do you think is going to be the most likely uh, resolution to this situation?
1: I would probably hope for a a diplomatic resolution, but um, at this stage, it's quite difficult to determine because it seems like both parties are just going at each other um, and it's like a tit for tat strategy. Um, I feel like if one of them is the bigger person and just um, apologizes to the other and finds a resolution where they could move forward, then I think that would be um, ideal in this situation.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that it would be ideal in this situation, but I I really don't see how that can happen during a Donald Trump presidency. So we might have more <laughs> more luck next year if we have a new president in that regard. But yeah, a diplomatic solution really is is gonna be key to what we see in, in Iran because you have all these underlying tensions and issues that need to be resolved and they can never really be resolved by not not in the sense of what Iran has done and that's classifying the U.S. Army is a terrorist organization because that's you know, it's only likely to make matters even worse and inflame hostilities towards Americans. And I mean, since since January 3rd, we've seen a real rise in anti-American sentiment worldwide, actually, and because they have acted unilaterally in this regard. Um, so in terms of how the situation in Iran might evolve, I do hope that the commentators are right when they think that it won't Escalate further. They think that the tension will uh, really just simmer and remain. Yes, that situation, you know, can't, can't afford to escalate any further because we we, we, we you would see a full, a full armed conflict play out in Iran in the sense that you already have these troops over there, and all it would take is one false move against the, those stationed there to really provoke something much worse than what we've seen bubbling under yeah. the surface for the while. Um, Seba, do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to, to add to the, the situation in Iran, how you see it?
1: I We could only hope for the best, um, that the two countries are able to resolve this peacefully, but we can we should also be prepared to expect the worst.
0: Yeah, I think it's a pragmatic course of option. Um, definitely you can see see this going either way, um, to be honest with you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, Seba. It's been great to have you on the show.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: Not a problem. And a big thank you to our correspondents for the dedication and research into this topic. Do you want to tell us what you think? If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review, or otherwise you can send us an email, admin at the org. I'm Matt Adamson. See you next time.